Well, our series, in, as Sandra was talking about, was entitled The Voice of God. That was on Wednesday nights. And then this series we've entitled Hearing God this month of September on Sundays. And you say, well, not a lot of difference. Well, there's, there's not a lot of difference, but there's a difference. There's a difference in hearing the voice of God versus hearing God in his leading. Now, you're hearing his voice, but he's leading you. And we've been starting these messages on Sunday here this month. We've been starting these messages out in Psalm 23. And we're going to start today in Psalm 23 again. Um, But I want to say this just just the, a thought that I had in worship, and I'm, I'm going to say this. You know, um, people, people in life have a lot of different habits. Everybody has different habits in life. Um, people have areas of your life that are comfortable to you. There's, there, there's, you know, people talk about comfort foods, but there's, there are, there are, comf- there, there are movies that create comfort to people. You know what I mean by that? Like you, you, there's a movie maybe you watched when you were a kid and you just loved that movie and you still have the VHS tape of that movie. <laughs> so you kept your VHS player, so you can play those, right? No. But um, there, there's, there's comfort areas just in our life. And um, there's nothing wrong with those things, and there's nothing really wrong with a person that likes to watch movies all the time. There's nothing wrong with the person. And I'll just use movies for an example. I like movies. Everybody say, Pastor likes movies. Okay. I like movies. But the more movies you watch, the more information you get, I'm talking about just movies that don't uplift God or talk about God or build you from the Word of God. The more movies you watch, the more information that you have of ideas and mindsets that come from people that don't really know God. And what can happen in your life if you don't have the Word of God in some form or another. And, and and the Word of God, I have my phone here because I have a Bible app in here, but the Word of God, okay, is, is what God has already said that He's told us in this Word, we need to know what He said and we need to know what He means about what He said. We need to know that. And so God will say something and you'll hear that and if you're if the doctrine in your life is based on Disney, okay, 
then Disney's doctrine and the doctrine of the Bible are going to go contrary. You're not a bad person if you like Disney movies. I like Disney movies. I like Disney movies too much. I had to get rid of some, you know, obsessed. I, I, I grew up as a Disney, a Disney fiend. And I like those movies. But there's a lot of things in the movies that don't line up with the Word. And if you don't have revelation of the Word, it's difficult to enjoy a movie and not let it control the way you think. We have to get to the bottom of things like that in our life. And so, you're not a bad person if you like movies. But what do you want in life? What do you want? What do you want to accomplish in life? I'm telling you, you won't accomplish what you were created to accomplish if the majority of the information you have and, you, and, and it remains and you continue to retain that information, if it c- continues to be contrary to the Word of God, you won't receive in life what you were created to receive. So it's a decision that you make. You know what? I've got to spend more time getting more correct information. Remember, you're not bad if you like other things. You like other things because that's what you were given, what you were taught. It's what your appetite was for whatever. I don't care what it is. Don't judge people. Don't judge people that don't think the way you think if they don't have the information to think the way you think. Don't judge people. People are going to do what they think is right. What will change people into the way they need to be is the Word of God only. What they need to be, what God created them to be. And God created us all, no matter what anybody else thinks, He created all of us. And I promise you, every human being on planet Earth is looking for God. And where is God? In the Earth, God's in us. I mean, God's everywhere, but on the Earth, His purpose is to be in us and flow through us. And I'm telling you, people need you and I to believe God. And the only way you'll believe God is that you have enough information from His Word coming in your eyes and in your ears, and you take enough time to make that your own. Because you know what? You know what's really not any good? Is to have to do something is to do something because you have to. Especially with God. I don't want to do things because I have to. I have to do this. I have to love that person. I have to be this way. It's got to be more than that. It may be that way for a season in your life, but then we got to move past that and we got to want to do what's right because it's right and be more excited about doing right than doing the other. But that will never happen if you don't change the information that you put your trust in. Disney is great entertainment, but Disney is a horrible God. Because at the end of the day, when things aren't working out, Walt's already passed away. Hmm? 
the little mermaid's father really doesn't have any power. He may be king of the ocean, but he really isn't. Because our God made the oceans. <laughs> right? So it's great entertainment, but it's a horrible God. And I don't care what else we're talking about in life. There's other things that are great entertainment. God wants your soul to be blessed. He wants you to enjoy things and enjoy vacations. But if you live for a vacation instead of living for God, a vacation is a horrible God. If you can go on a vacation, and I promise you, it can be absolutely horrible and not produce. And you got to come home to rest up from your vacation. I don't want to live like that. Amen? That was free. <clears throat> no, but it has to do with what, I'm, with what I'm talking about today. Look at Psalm 23. And I just, we've read this every time, but I want to expound on a couple other things today. Psalm 23, and we're talking about hearing God. Verse 1. Um, I want to say, I want to apologize for our lighting. We've got lights that are out. If you notice, sometimes you'll come in here and lights are on and then lights are out. We had a, our roof replaced in the church. I don't know how long ago. Is it over a year now? Yeah, over a year as a result of hail damage. And they've had to come back, I think, seven or eight times, I think. Yeah. Huh? Ten times they've been back. Because if you notice in the foyer, it continues to leak. Well, I think they've gotten it. We've prayed and we believe that they would have wisdom and understanding that they've gotten it. But with them coming each and every time, there's things that are going on and with the electrics and there's a lot of hammering and a lot of things happening. And so all of a sudden our lights just go out. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying we're waiting until they get through. Hopefully this next week or in the next couple of weeks, they're going to be finished with this, and then we'll be able to replace the lights and they'll remain. Anybody agree with us on that? In the name of Jesus, okay? So I just, I thought I'd tell you that since I can't tell who's here over here. <clears throat> it's good to see you all, even though I don't know who it is. I think that's Josh over there, yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm just teasing. Glory to God, amen? So the Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not want. We read in John 10 last week that the good shepherd's voice, the sheep hear, and he leads them. Everybody say, God leads me. See, we're good sheep if we let God lead us. The Lord is my shepherd if I'm allowing him to lead me, and when he leads me, I don't want, and one translation says, we don't want for any good thing. There's no want. There's no desire for anything more like I'm, I, I'm not getting what I want in life because fulfillment in areas of life come internally first and then they manifest in the natural. And when the Lord is your shepherd and he is leading you, you're confident of those things. But for him to lead you, you have to hear his voice. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
He restores my soul. When? As he leads me. He, he leads me in the paths of what's right. For his name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. When? When he's leading me. See, there's nothing to fear when other things, when it appears that there are things you could fear, there's nothing to fear if he's leading you. And the only way God can lead you is if you hear his voice and you follow. He said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And where do, where do, where do, do we follow him to? All these things and more. Everything that Psalm 23 is talking about, the prerequisite to that is, is he leading you? Are you learning to develop the ability to hear his voice? Many people, many Christians say, well, you just never know what God is going to do. You can't know because God's God and we're who we are. No, no, no. We were created in his image. He's given us his word, his spirit. He's given us all of heaven to live on the inside of us. So when he tells us to do something, we can learn and, and, and develop that ability. What Sandra said today about what she put on, she put on what God told her to put on. Do you think God is concerned about what you wear? Like me today. I put on what my wife said. <laughs> I've asked my, I asked my wife several years ago. It was after a Sunday morning and I really didn't match. And I asked her, I said, I want you to pick my clothes out. And I mean, I mean... Every day, I feel like she hears God about what God wants me to wear. Would God care about what we wear? Oh, come on, man. God's given us a brain. We can figure it out and do what? Well, that's the problem. He says he restores your soul, your mind, and, and, and we have to quit trying to figure out what's right, and we have to learn to develop in the little things how to hear his voice like what Sandra did today. We have to learn that God is really concerned about the little things you do because when you do a lot of little things wrong, it becomes big stuff. He just wants to lead us. Oh, man. He has a passion for us to want him. God passionately wants you to want him. He wants me to want him. He wants us to want him in his ways. One of these verses, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Last week we talked about preparation and all the preparation that God has done for humanity. God's already prepared everything for you. He already has a destiny for you. He already has a plan for your life. And all of us have screwed the plan up at times. All of us have. But thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. The song that we sang today, his mercy is new every morning. My lambs. You can just blow it one day, ask for, uh, repent and ask God to forgive you. He's already forgiven you before you ask for it. You just need to ask because you need to work on how to do what's right and not be in cleanup mode all the time. That's the way he created us to be. He didn't create us to be in cleanup mode. But when we got to clean it up, thank God his mercy is new and it's fresh. And I mean, there's no end to his mercy. It'll never end. 
Because when he looks at you, he sees you through the blood of Jesus, what Jesus accomplished. So there's no end to it. In Matthew chapter 11, I want to look at this. Matthew chapter 11. And verse 15, and then we're going to look at verse 28. Verse 15 of Matthew 11. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear what? Well, I believe what he's talking about in this passage in Matthew 11, really the culmination of the hearing, what we need to be hearing I believe is what he says here in verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All of you that try to figure things out and work it out on your own instead of trusting me, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for what? For your soul. Listen. The reason that you're in my soul is so disrupted and not at rest is because spiritually, with spiritual internal ears, we're not hearing the voice of God. The reason he says continuously about the soul, verse 28 Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Where? Rest in the soul. Come to me and learn from me. How are you going to learn from God unless you're able to hear from God? I'm going to say it again. How can you learn from God if you're not able to hear from God? When we hear from God and we see things and know things that are an internal thing, It'll, it makes it its way to your mind. You know it in your head. You know it in your brain, in your thinking. But it doesn't start in your thinking. The things that you and I walk out on a day-to-day basis can't just start with a good idea. They've got to start from the Word. That's why we need more of the Word than everybody else's, all the other voices and the opinions that are in the, out there in the world. Not just through movies or television, but through news media and and, and politics and everything else. Everybody's got an opinion. I'm tired of opinions. I want his word. I want what he thinks about everything. Can you say amen to that? We want what he thinks, not just popular opinion, because popular opinion will cause you to stay in your soul and be disrupted And not at rest. And he said, if you'll come to me and you'll learn from me and you'll hear from me. If you'll hear from me and know from me what you need to know. Then I will give you the ability. Just just give it a second. Just listen to what I'm saying. I will give you the ability to hear. Can you say amen? That's all right. Sometimes little kids just have to get out, right? They have to go because, you know, they're children. Sometimes they're just upset, but we're not moved by that. We're focused on the Word, amen? I mean, thank God for him, and I'm, he'll be fine. 
Amen? His daddy taking care of him and he'll be fine. And we're all fine too. Can you say amen? And we're not disrupted by that. We're not offended by that. We're here in the word of God. Amen? Amen. In the name of Jesus. But to hear God internally with your internal ears from his word empower us to rest in our soul and not try to figure out what needs to be done and accomplished. And in a minute, I'm going to give you a bunch of different examples of things that we have to practice every day. It's not going to just come to you one day how to hear God. It's not going to just come to you like what Sandra said that she heard this morning. You know how many times... All of us have just ignored things like that because what does that matter? Why would I I think God's telling me to wear something? Well, it meant something to Sandra because of what my wife was wearing, okay? It meant something to her. It ministered to her. So that's going to encourage her to be aware of thoughts and ideas like that that come in different areas. And the more we practice things like that, then we're in a position and we're ready and prepared to do things at a larger level. But if you won't just obey him in wearing something you're not even sure where it's at and go find it, if you won't obey that, why could God, how can God trust you with something that's greater? That's what we have to learn. There's nothing more important as a Christian in your life, nothing more important than to know how to hear the voice of God. Nothing more important. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 and verse 15. And actually, I want to read that in the Amplified. Ephesians 5, 15. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, or not as people that operate in the soul. See, when when your soul is your God, and that's what's leading you, and not your spirit, my my spirit, my born-again spirit, is one with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is speaking things to my spirit. They make its way to my head, to my soul. But it doesn't start with my soul, because in my soul are things that are unrenewed. They're, They're things that don't line up with the Word. So the process has to work with me it goes through my ears and, and, and through, you know, my, my thinking process. But it's got to get down inside of me so that it can renew the way I think up here. That's the process. We're not talking about that today. We've got many series on that. But, but that's the process. And without that process, without me receiving things from God to where I can begin to hear what he is saying and learning how to be familiar with that voice, then I'm going to do the thoughts that come to my head. And your soul that is unrenewed 
All of us are in a, in a new, the, the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, and your salvation, soulishly, is day to day. Your soul, your mind, will, and emotions are being renewed and saved every day. Not your spirit, man. That's a one-time thing. But your thinking is being changed on a day-to-day basis. We have to believe that, so we have to work at that. So he said here, live purposely, worthily, and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, and intelligent people making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. The New King James, in verse 17, I like this. The New King James says this in verse 17. Therefore, uh, do not be unwise, verse 17, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of God is. What is God's will? His word is his will. And his word has to become a part of me that I'm practicing and applying every day so I learn the difference in what the will of the world is. There's the will of God and there's the will of the world or the ideas of the world. That are, and all those ideas are everything that is apart from God's ideas. And all of us sitting in here today have worldly ideas in our head that we have to work out of us. And it's a process. And you have to be willing to do it. Now, the end of my message today is... After we look at 1 John 4 and verse 7, we're going to end in 1 Corinthians 13. But 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Say that. God is love. So he who does not love in a situation, if you're not loving, it's because in that situation you don't know God or you don't understand love or you would love in that situation. Everybody say God is love. So that means that love is God. So we think we know what love is, but let's read about love and just expound on this message today. So we're talking about hearing God and the importance of learning to hear the voice of God so we know how to act and react in given situations that want to trip us up and keep us from being at rest in our soul, in a place of rest. Jesus said, Come to me, learn from me, let me bring rest to your soul. Let, let, I, I want you to know what God's will is for your life. I want you to see it. Ephesians said to us, let's live purposely, let's, let's live on purpose, in other words. Let's live our life and do things on purpose, not because we have to, but do it on purpose. But you'll never do things on purpose that are pleasing to God if you don't know 
God. So, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified today. It's pretty wordy, but, but, I, but I'm going to take my time as I, as I end today in, this, in these eight verses of 1 Corinthians. If I can speak, this is the Amplified translation, if I can speak in the tongues of men and, and even of angels, but have not love, and in parentheses it defines what love is, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion such as is inspired by God's love for and in us. I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. One translation says, I'm like a creaky old gate. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a... And if I have prophetic powers and the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing. I'm a useless nobody. So you mean you can stand up behind a pulpit you can, you can have six degrees on your wall. You can prophesy and see things about other people's lives. You can lay hands on people and they get well. You can do all those kinds of things. And yet, if the love of God is not working and operating inside of you, he said, you're absolutely nothing. That's what he said. That's what the Apostle Paul said. You're nothing. That's what the Apostle Paul said, inspired by God, hearing the voice of God about what to say and what to do and what to write. All Scripture, it says in, in Timothy, all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for correction, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God can be adequately equipped for every good work in life. That's what, we've been, that's what we've been trained to do. Well, Paul, in this passage here, got this for us from the Father. He heard the Father, and he got this for us, and he pinned this so that you and I could grow up and be what God created us to be. Not walk in love because we have to. Verse 3. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, <clears throat> but have not loved God's love in me, I gain nothing. Actually, there is no gain. It doesn't matter if it looks like you have gain. There's no gain because it wasn't done in the love of God, not understanding it. So verse 4. <clears throat> Um, just remember this as I read this today. None of what I'm reading to you is for someone else from your perspective. Well, if, you know, if they, no, no, you. He's talking to you because he said, he said, no matter what you think you're doing right, 
If you're thinking about someone else, it's because you're not listening to the love of God. I mean, there's some lines here that have to be drawn in the sand in all of our lives that are very difficult. Why? Because our soul is screaming. Yeah, but you don't know about what they did. Yeah, but what about this? Yeah. I mean, your soul will scream. And your soul will justify you and make you feel like you deserve to be treated good and right and take care of and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, talk to the hand. Talk to God. I'm just telling you what he said. Hmm? I mean, there, there, were times, there were times in my walk with God, I didn't like reading this passage. Yeah, let's skip chapter 13. Let's go from the gifts in 12 to the gifts in 14. And let's not mess with this 13th chapter. It's for other people. You all need to read that and you need to walk in love. No. No, it's the key to all the rest of the stuff. Because he said, you can have the gifts, you can have this, you can do this, you can be successful, you can have that. But if you don't walk in love, Zippo! And remember, this is not for your neighbor, not for your spouse, not for anybody else, because whatever your neighbor is supposed to do, you're not included in that. Whatever your spouse is supposed to do, based on the word, your spouse got to get what the word says they're supposed to do, but you're not included in that. Nowhere was a man created to make his wife submit. If the Bible tells a wife, not women, a wife, to submit to her husband, then a wife has to learn that and what that means with God. But if the man's training her how to do that, he's wrong. Because when I read the scripture, it doesn't say anything about the man telling the wife to do that. It said, wife, you're to submit to your husband. Nowhere in the scripture did I find the woman there telling the man how to love her? Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church and give yourself to her. But she's not involved in the process. That's where he has to learn from God how to love and how to do. Now, hear what I'm saying. You can take advice. I take advice from my wife. I ask her, am, am I... Am I loving you correctly? I, I have men of God in my life that will point out to me if I'm not loving and those kind of things. God will use people or use situations. It depends on, you know, I can say what I just said, and as a man you can go, yeah, you know, shut up, woman, shut up. Quit telling me anything. Okay, so if you don't want your wife's advice, then whatever, that's on you. I want my wife's advice because before it talks about I don't know why I'm going here and talking about this, but anyway, um, before it talks about what the wife's responsibility and the husband's responsibility, right before that, in the 22nd verse of Ephesians 5, it says, submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. See, you, see, you got to work it all out with God, but I'm telling you, if you learn to lay it down and learn to understand what we're fixing to read right here, there's no end to what your life can be and accomplish. There are no limitations. The only thing that limits the, your life is you not doing this. 
this is most important right here. So just listen to what I have to say about this. Remember, this isn't you looking at somebody else, not me looking at somebody else. I'm not preaching this today thinking about any of you. If I was thinking about somebody in here, yeah, I'm going to get this love message on them. They'll be the only ones that don't hear it. Everybody else will hear it, but they won't hear it. I learned that a long time ago. You can't preach at people. No, no, because I wasn't created to change people. And if I have an attitude towards someone, and it's not a right attitude towards someone, I've got an attitude towards someone, even if they're wrong, that God loves. And his blood paid for it and delivered them and set them free. Okay, verse 4. Man, I wish you'd get over this. Okay. <clears throat> We're talking about hearing God. So, this is where I want to hear God. Love, which is God, endures long, is patient and kind. Okay, yeah, but, you know, I was good to this person. Okay, I, I'm just saying... Your unkindness right here cancels all that out if you're, if you're thinking that you got a reward because you were nice to somebody that was nice to you. Being unkind to somebody that's unkind to you, you're just like they are. And if you have revelation and understanding and you did the opposite, you know better and more is on you than is on them. I'm talking about the love of God in us. I'm talking about what your soul tries to tell you that you can get away with. Yeah, but you don't know what they did. Nowhere in here does it say, I'm to be kind when they're kind. And if they're just halfway kind, then I'll be kind. Love, which is God, which is in me, if it's being developed then I'm going to learn to be kind in unkind situations. Love never is envious. Everybody say never. How often is that? Uh, okay, got it. Love never is envious, never. It, nor it, does it ever boil over with jealousy, ever. So when I'm jealous, listen to me, so, so, so let's apply this to our lives. If I'm not admitting that I'm jealous, then I'm in pride. But if you're jealous, admit you're jealous. I'm talking about to God. You don't have to go tell the whole world that. Just admit that you're jealous. Admit it. God, I mean, I can't stand the fact that this is happening in their life and nothing is happening for me. And it looks like they're getting this or whatever. What he's trying to do is help he, to help you get to a place where when jealousy rises up, you learn to cast it down, and you learn to do the opposite of jealousy. So what's the opposite of jealousy? Not jealous. <laughs> right? So how do, I, how do I get not jealous when I'm jealous? Okay? Remember that, because I'm going to end today with that. It's not boastful. Or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, love is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. 
Love is not rude or unmannerly. I mean, how easy is it today to be rude? Huh? Something happened to me the other day. I was telling you about it, and I, and I didn't get upset with the person. Um, something happened. I just remember this. I was patting myself on the back today. But um, <laughs> some, something happened. Oh, 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 I, I, was, I had an issue with a car. And, uh, and I was taking the car to get it to get something changed out. Well, nobody, I took it to four different shops and nobody would change it. And, and, and the, the car I was taking was bought at a dealership, a, a new dealership in San Antonio. And so I tried all these shops here and I'm thinking, What's it, why won't these people change this out? And so I called the dealership and I said, so I've got this. I didn't want to have to come to San Antonio. I was just going to get it done here, but nobody will do it because they're saying that, that the dealership has to reset a computer or something in the car. And the lady said, so give me the name. And I told her the name. And, and, and she, said, uh, she said, well, sir, um, that, that part of your car is under warning. It won't cost you a dime. I said, Okay glory to God. But what, what happened was, God knew he just, he was saying to me, don't get upset. And I didn't. I went from place to place to place. Took me about two hours. You know, in the natural, it was wasting my time. I'm thinking, why am I even doing this? And I was practicing being calm and all the time, I just had this peace because I was calm. You get in your emotions and in your soul, there's no calm. But the whole time I was calm, I knew it was, it was going to be fine. So when I called the dealership and they told me, well, you know what, that part's free. It was going to cost me a couple hundred dollars, $250 to get the car fixed. And now I'm taking it to San Antonio on, on Monday and it's going to be free. You see? The blessing of the Lord is there for us. He's already prepared our way, but we can't live in the soul. We have to live listening to him. You see, little things like that. You say, well, was that, was that listening to God? Yeah, yeah. Because if you're not listening to him, you're listening to this, and this is saying, oh my gosh, what do you mean you can't fix this? And that's going to really minister life and salvation to people that need it, right? Absolutely not. Actually, all the places that I went to, I was able to sow good seed into those grounds. I was there for that reason. You know, you, you can try to build a fairy tale kind of story out of every little thing, but I'm telling you, when we go places and we are, we've entered into the place of rest and we're learning from God and we're practicing in the moment. Every, I, till you leave this planet, you're going to be practicing how to hear his voice and do what he says versus what all the other voices say. Just the way it is. And when you learn that and you, you apply that in a given situation like that, you are, your life is sowing seed in other people that are around in ways that most of the time we don't even know how it can, it, it can change other people's lives. 
When people see that they can't do something, and a lot of times someone's going to overreact and be mad because they couldn't do it. They pulled it up on their computer, and I saw, we can't do it because we can't reset your computer correctly. The dealership has to do that. I saw it. And I just had the feeling that when they told me they couldn't do it, that they were going like this. Because most of the time, people will overreact in situations like that. Listen to me. You know, what I'm talking about today, you can think, is trivial things. It's what life is all about. It determines whether we fulfill. To live like this determines whether we fulfill the plan of God or we don't in our life. It's to learn to walk in love in situations where in the natural we wouldn't, we wouldn't do it. Let me just finish this passage and I'm done. Verse 5, it's not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It's not rude or unmannerly. Love does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. Read that again. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of an evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of most people, of every person. And every is an absolute, right? That's everybody, no matter what, every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures without, it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. And the rest of that passage talks about things that will come to an end, but not the love of God. And you know what that means to me? If I'm not going to practice it here, then I'm going to have to develop it up there. Because it never fails. The only difference here and on the other side in heaven is there's no resistance to it. What really pleases God is that we trust Him and we, we deal with these issues in the midst of the resistance that the world brings. Back to my point I said I was going to end with. Love never, in verse 4, love never is envious or boils over with jealousy or is boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. When um, any of these areas of our life, when any of these present themselves in a given situation, like jealousy. And a lot of times people are jealous because of the advancement of another person. Jealousy arises. Well, that's normal to most people's lives and upbringing. 
There's a competitiveness in all of us where we, we want to be number one. We want to be the best. We want to whatever. And what happens in that competitiveness, there's nothing wrong with being competitive as long as you understand these passages of Scripture. There's nothing wrong with being competitive. There's nothing wrong with wanting to win. But at the end of the day, if you can't rejoice for the good of someone else that's won in, instead of you in the moment, then you'll never win. So you'll always be clawing and scratching and trying in the soul to make something happen and get you in a place that you feel like is going to make you feel so good. See, some people think, well, you know, if I just had all my bills paid off, I'd be fine. No, you wouldn't. See, because if your bills aren't paid off and you're in debt, you're in debt for a reason. And if you got debt free and you didn't change the reason you got in debt, you'd find yourself right back in debt. See, all the things that we think will do that, I don't want to just be out of debt. I want to be a person that lives debt-free because I've understood from God how to live that way and to be a blessing to other people. See, when you're always about yourself and you're always just wanting what you want and there's this, this stream of jealousy that flows out of your life towards other people, it brings real destruction and it creates almost a hatred for people. And God doesn't want it. God wants you and I to walk in love and to live in that place of love with other people, no matter in spite of them and in spite of your differences. It doesn't mean you have to like everything, but you can't dislike something and let it turn into things he's talking about in here that are not love. So you can't let, you said, you know, well, you know, I have, to, I have to love them. No, it's not having to love somebody. It's wanting to want to love them. Even though you may not like what they're doing, Walking in love and working that out produces a power that will cause you to overcome in anything that you face. I don't care what it is. And I'm telling you today, the church has got to learn this. We have to learn what it means to love people in spite of them and our, and our differences that we have with one another. Because you're going to have differences with people forever. You're going to have different political differences. You're going to have different uh, differences. I mean, if you're married... Man and a woman, if you're married, man and a woman, I mean, he's a male and she's a female and you got differences. Huh? You got night and day differences. Man, you got to learn how to lay your life down for each other, submit one to another in the fear of God, understand those things and flow with each other. You have to learn those things. Only from God, only hearing the voice of God and Him speaking to you about things that you need to hear from His Word in a given situation will cause you to overcome and be, and, and be in a place where you're on top of that situation and not always feeling like you're being beat up by situations. No more of that. God wants you and I not to be people that are jealous of other people, but we want to be, in a good way, jealous for their success. We want to rejoice on behalf of other people because I promise you, when you're able to rejoice because you want to for the good of other people, man, your victories are just right around the corner. I promise you. It just works that way. It always works that way. Always. Can you say amen to that?